Hello, everybody, and welcome back for another episode of the Sci-Fi Wise Guys. My name is Chris. And my name's Anthony. Hello. Hello. Anthony. Hi. Good to see you again. What's going on, buddy? How you feeling? Great. I'm home. You're back in the great state of Texas. Yeah, I am in the state of Texas. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's, it's the gr- I don't know why it's the great state of Texas. I mean, why isn't it not the great state of Connecticut? What's Have you been you to know? Connecticut? Yes. Would you call it a great state? Uh, I only stopped to use the restroom, so and I was eight, so I don't remember anything else about it. So, <laughs> so you wouldn't call it great. You would <laughs> no, not call it great, but you also I, wouldn't call it great. No comment. No comment on that, Connecticut. Sorry, of- Connecticut. Let me look at the let me look at the map real quick. Hold on. <laughs> it's right next to Rhode Island, right? I know where Connecticut is. We have you've had two listeners in Connecticut. Sorry, two listeners from Connecticut. Was not my intention. Yeah, well, it's been a long time since we've alienated a demographic. <laughs> so people from Connecticut, that's not a bad that's not a bad way to get back in the swing of things. Speaking of Connecticut, what do they call people from Connecticut? Connecticutans. Connecticutans? Con- I don't know, man. A nutmegger. North, Northeasterners. New Englanders. Nutmegger. Nutmeggers. That's, that that's what it's called. It. Nutmegger is a nickname from four people from the U.S. state of Connecticut. Interesting. But back to our podcast. Connecticutter. Connecticutter. Yeah. <laughs> here on the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast, we watch and review, I guess, straight to stream <laughs> science fiction and science fiction adjacent movies, television shows, short films, indie films, whatever. As long as it didn't get a big box office release. And sometimes it does. But usually it doesn't. We'll uh, we'll get around to watching it and talking about it. As long as it doesn't have a big release and we decide that we want to watch it, we'll watch it. <laughs> that is very true. That is very true. <sighs> well, speaking of things that we watched, what did we watch, Anthony? We watched the 2021 American military science fiction action film, The Tomorrow War. <gasps> the Tomorrow War, eh? T- Tomorrow War? Tomorrow War. The two, the Tamara. <laughs> the Tamara War. <laughs> Too bad it's not like, it's not old English movie title. <laughs> on the Morrow War. <laughs> on the Morrow. War on the Morrow. Uh, yeah. Oh, man. Uh, anyways, directed by, to continue to read Wikipedia, directed by Chris McKay and starring Chris Pratt. Do you know uh, who Chris McKay is? Chris McKay is on this other tab I have open. <laughs> But no, I don't. I don't know anything about him. Uh, I didn't know anything about him before I looked him up. He directed the Lego Batman movie. Yes, this is his first live action. No, no, he had a couple of shorts. Yeah, but he's he's directed a lot of I guess what you'd call animation. Moral Oral. He was an assistant or an editor in the Lego movie. Mm-hmm. He directed Robot Chicken, Star Wars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> shorts or something along those lines um yeah robot chicken star wars 3 tv movies as well as several or actually dozens of robot chicken episodes but this is the first time at least that i can see looking at his uh his filmography that he's done a, a live action feature length film i have no idea if he's done a live action feature length film but the only reason why i know anything about chris mckay is because he is supposed to be the director for the live action johnny quest movie Oh, uh, okay. And I'm pretty interested in that. Oh, and a, and a Nightwing movie? Mm. Oh. I, I didn't mean to derail right. us there. No, no, no. <laughs> we we were talking we talked about the director. Uh so this movie was originally 
uh, set for a theatrical release by Paramount, mm-hmm. um, but they sold the distribution rights to Amazon because COVID-19. I didn't know that COVID-19 was not only going to give me the time it took to create a podcast and get all of this started, but it was also going to give us some very interesting content and probably much much more uh, polished content <laughs> than we normally would have gotten. Well, this was digitally released on July 2nd via Prime Video, uh, which is where I watched it. I don't think there is any other option unless you're a dirty thief. Yeah, I believe it is an Amazon Prime exclusive release. Do you want to share a blurb? Do you have a blurb for this? I have the IMDb blurb. Yeah, throw it at the people. A family man is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past. Ooh. That sounds like a like a... Like, if you were to remove a family man, mm-hmm. if you were to put in here, like, Commander Riker is drafted to fight in a future war where the fate of humanity relies on his ability to confront the past, I feel like that would be a better <laughs> Star Trek episode than the blurb gives it credit for. Uh, we're we're it, less than 10 minutes in. Star Trek on the board. Got it. I'm going for the Star Trek. Um, the Amazon Prime blurb. I'm not going to read this one. Uh, <laughs> well, Is it I'm, long? I'm, I'm going to read the first line. Time travels arrive from 2051 to deliver an urgent message. 30 years in the future, mankind is losing a war against a deadly alien species. Ooh. All right. Yeah. Since this is a movie that I chose on July 2nd, <laughs> I'm going to let you give your initial thoughts and opinions and maybe, just maybe, share a fact or two. Oh, yeah. I've got all the facts. So over on IMDb, uh, this movie is sitting at a 6.6 star rating out of 10 with over 130,000 ratings. Uh, It's got a median score of 7, pretty solidly 7, with 26.3% of the votes. Over on Rotten Tomatoes, it is rotten, 52% rotten, with a 78% audience score. So a pretty good riff there. Riff? Rift. A pretty good rift there uh, between the uh, the audience and the uh, the critics, as it were. Uh, rounding out with Metacritic, it's got a 45 Metascore with a 6.5 user score. That's 35 critic reviews and just shy of 400 users. And then lastly, because I know that you love to share it, 81% of Google users liked this movie. I don't know what that means. Isn't everyone essentially a Google user? Or do you have to like click a button? And be like, yeah. I like this. Like if you're signed uh, in. Yeah. No, so I don't sign into Google. I just use it. It's fair. So uh, overall, I think that it's fair to say this received mixed reviews, you know, above average with the uh, the populace, below average with the critics. As far as my personal opinion, I definitely align myself with the populace. I think that it is 78% fresh, not 52% rotten. It's far from perfect. It is a time travel movie. <laughs> um, so you're going to, you know, it's. I've seen enough Doctor Who to know that sometimes you just go, ooh, hand wave and just keep going with the story. There are some odd choices or odd, I would say odd choices, but odd, like um, when they do eventually get to the future, there's vehicles that are obviously not 30 years of the future. Like there's not a lot. There wasn't a lot done to make it feel like it was 30 years in the future. At least not while they're in Miami. So there, there's some oddness there. Chris Pratt, great performance. Yvonne Strahovski. Strahov, Strahovski? Oh, man. She does great 
kind of called who she was. J.K. Simmons shows up out of nowhere, jacked, just <laughs> making everyone else look scrawny. Craziness. I even liked the performance uh, from the child actor. What is her name here? Uh, Ryan Kira Armstrong, who plays Chris Pratt's nine-year-old daughter. His character's Dan Forrester's nine-year-old daughter. I thought mm-hmm. she did great. Solid acting all around. The reveal of the the aliens was really, really good. The action is very solid. Uh, if not a little bit unrealistic, there are some people who walk away from explosions that should have annihilated everyone. <laughs> but I, that's I, just... I, I said that when it... Ha- I think we talked about the bridge or the tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel slash bridge. Oh, yeah, 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 they're no. all dead. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly what I told my wife. I was like, oh, they would have been incinerated. <laughs> yeah, I was like, they the, the explosion would even hit them. The shockwave would have obliterated them it would have been nothing <laughs> yeah so there's definitely some hand waving when it comes to the, some of the, the action scenes uh i mean we see a lot a lot of sci-fi action sci-fi with okay yeah that's a little that probably couldn't happen or the physics of this don't quite fit but you know maybe they lean a little bit more into the science fiction to make you go okay maybe that could happen or they're superheroes or something or they're aliens and they got superpowers or yada yada yeah. yada sure but this is very much the action in this is very much grounded as much as they're shooting at monsters and aliens or what have you. They've made an effort to, at least on the surface, to have the action be grounded and realistic. It doesn't quite hit grounded and realistic uh, as well as much as some other sci-fi action movies that I really enjoy. Like Battle L.A., uh, stuff we've watched on the, the podcast, Spectre, Extinction. But at the surface level, at least popcorn sitting in a movie theater type level the action's really really good and you just can turn off your your critical analysis if you will i liked the story i predicted a few things that turned out to not be good predictions i predicted a few things that turned out to be good predictions mm. uh, overall really enjoyed it i was very impressed i okay. went into it thinking it was going to be a two and a half hour long <laughs> just snore fest or just have me yelling at the television. But no, I really, really enjoyed it. What did you think, Chris? By the way, uh, now that we know this is a real word, I, th- I think I'm mostly in agreement with you. <laughs> it's, there, is it a real there, word? Did we look that I, up? I, I looked it up. Merriam-Webster confirmed it's a real, real world. Real who, word. Gave, who made them the authority? Did they go to Oxford? I Possibly. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of... This movie as it exists, I think that for the most part, I'm not too terribly upset about the the critical ratings. And, and for me, it's just I'm I'm just judging the movie as a movie. I think the action's pretty good. You said it. It feels very like especially in the scenes when they're trying to be quiet and they're sneaking around. Very tactical. Uh, there's a movie that I think we saw together, and there's been two. I, there's I think there's a new sequel coming out, but the White House not not White House down, but Eagle Eagle <laughs> has fallen. fallen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Olympus yeah, yeah. has fallen. London has fallen. Yeah, with with Gerard Butler, like especially yeah. in London has fallen. Like when he's going around shooting people, I think like Val Kilmer actually started this. I don't know if you know, but in the movie Heat, mm. he reloads his weapon. Like he did, he trained so much with like Rangers and whatever military experts that they had on hand. But that clip of him in the, I don't know if you've ever seen Heat. Have you ever seen Heat? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. That in the shootout scene, yeah. he reloads you're talking about. whatever automatic weapon he has. That is used as an example in like training. They're like, this is how this weapon is effectively reloaded in combat. 
it's pretty neat. I think that for a long time, action movies, even in the kind of the, the early 90s, we started trending this way towards the late 90s where you would have Arnold, you, listeners of the show, you can't see me, uh, where he's just, <laughs> you know, doing this. Ah. Yeah, yeah. Just spraying, praying all yeah, over the place pray, yeah, with yeah. his muscles like, bulging. and With like yeah. a Tommy, like, or a Tommy gun from the 50s. Yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. Dick Tracy, yeah, stuff like that. I mean, uh, um, was it uh, Stallone with the M60, right? And Rambo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <gasps> <laughs> or even better, yeah. uh, Charlie Sheen and Hot Shots. <laughs> it's just keeping the the, the counter yeah. on the screen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So luckily, we moved away from that. I, well, when I say luckily, I think that that has a time in its place. I wouldn't change anything in the for world in the world for those movies. But absolutely, action has gotten more tactical because we. I don't know, we're more sophisticated as an audience. Like, maybe the pro- proliferation of, like, first-person shooters or video games has kind of, like, influenced the way movies are made, I would assume. I don't know enough about the entertainment industry. But when they're sneaking around, I thought that was really neat. Yeah. They kind of did the hand signals, you know, the way they're clearing the room, sweeping, the lingo. He's like, we're on a we're on a CSAR, combat search and rescue. I mean, obviously, I don't Christopher Pratt isn't an actual military veteran, right? Like in real life, I don't think he no, is. no, he's but an actor I, I, through and through. As an actor, I believe but he's he portrayed played in more than part. one military. Sure, I mean Zero Dark movie. Third. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think he did a really good job. I found two major continuity errors in this movie. We're we gonna jump into spoiler spoiler no. territory for everyone. We'll hold on to him for just a second, but I think okay, one of them is severely damning of maybe the short sightedness of the script. Okay, no big deal. It's whatever. The other one is just a funny little thing I noticed. But yeah, you're right. It's time travel, whatever. Like I've seen 12 seasons of Doctor Who. I can't start. And I yeah. enjoyed them. So I really can't start like poking holes at time travel or... Like, or the most successful movie <laughs> ever made in game involves... Like half the plot is about time travel. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> so... That's true. It was fun. I really enjoyed it. Would you watch it again? Yes. So it's two hours, and I've, it, I've already said two and a half, but let me get the exact amount. It's two here. hours and 18 minutes. Two hours and 18 minutes. Okay. So, so knowing that it's two hours and 18 minutes, would you would you watch it again? Yes. Okay. That, that means something coming from you because you complain when a movie hits an hour and 92 minutes. Well, I, I or, was going to say- an hour and 92 minutes. <laughs> it reaches, a, uh, reaches 92 <laughs> minutes. You're like, it should be two minutes shorter, five minutes shorter. I mean, I would wa- I will watch it in parts. <laughs> oh sure like you know i will say i don't think there's anything from this movie that i would cut as far as specific scenes or plot yeah. lines like i think it uses it doesn't waste your time with that two hours and 18 minutes i mean it probably has like 12 minutes of credits but i think it, it moves forward pretty consistently i it has to be done for pacing but you can come out cut out some of the large sweeping shots like when they're walking I around like and, large and, sweeping and, shots. Well, when like nothing's happening, where there's no form. action on scene. Like you have to have it for pacing. Well, you have to set the tone. You have to set yeah. the scene, right? Like what would Lord of the Rings be like if you didn't have any sweeping mountain shots to show you right. the environment? Yeah, no. How long do you think Lord of the Rings would actually, like how long do you think Fellowship of the Ring would be if you cut out the sweeping shots with no characters in them? 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, no. I agree with you. Oh, I'm a, man. We're on the same. We're on the same page. Like I said, that just goes to show how much action is in this movie. If it offsets all of that action with all this calm, not I wouldn't even say calm, but like passive 
Yeah. Even yeah. like the the most well-known action movies have lulls. You have to have lulls. You have to have pits in order to have highs, right? Yeah. Yvonne Strahovski. Did you recognize her? No. I mean, a little bit, but like nothing that super peaked my memory. If she had black hair, would she ring a bell? No. Okay, hold on. Look, man, we we've it's well established on this podcast that I really don't. No, no, no. It's fine. It's fine if you don't remember. know. It's yeah. very important. It's. I'm actually happy that you don't know. Oh, really? Is that her? Yeah, that's Miranda from Mass Effect. Oh, <laughs> nice. Which is funny because she originally was supposed to have blonde hair. Oh, um, really? In the original, the original face, they didn't like it, so they changed it to Yvonne Strahovski, which is funny because mm. she's a natural blonde. Oh. So yeah. Okay. No, I didn't. I didn't get that at all. Do you want to talk about Chris Pratt? I mean, do we have to? I mean, I guess we do. To be consistent mm-hmm. in this podcast, we should talk about Chris Pratt. Do you like Chris Pratt? <sighs> oh, that's a long pause. I have a. I have one foot on the boat and okay. one foot on the dock. Okay. And depending on which way the water moves. I don't necessarily think he's a great actor. I think he is kind of when he's not being kind of a goof. He's yeah. really he's kind of just blur, blah. I mean, he's not really being a goof in this movie. Right, right, right. So, like, we watched uh, Passengers, or we sorry, we didn't. We watch did not it. watch Passengers. Too, I watched no. Passengers. I thought yes. he was kind of blah in Passengers. I mean, he had some range, okay. but he's kind of boring. I mean. His most memorable role for me, memorable role for me, is in Wanted, where he gets a keyboard smashed against his face. <laughs> That's pretty good. Well, I think most people are going to know him first from Parks and Recreation. Yeah, or Star Lord from the Marvel movies. Yeah, between the, those are definitely his two: Andy Dwyer in Parks and Rec and Star Lord in Guardians of the Galaxy. And I guess, like, actually, more than that. Now he's been yeah. in Avengers movies, but like, those are both you're right, comedy roles. So he's definitely well known for his comedy. Um, he's also done some voice acting. Speaking of Lego movies, he played uh, Emmett, the main, the lead in the Lego movie. Now, I will be honest. Mm-hmm. I haven't really seen anything else. Because even in Jurassic World, he's kind of a goof. Like, yeah. not even so much a goof as much as he is, like, just a classic foil for the main character or the female lead. But I don't really know that I've seen anything in that he's not kind of being funny. You've never seen Zero Dark Thirty? No. Well, you saw Passengers. He was not funny in that. He ruined yep. that woman's life. <laughs> Left the theater like... <laughs> You're laughing, uh, Wait a minute. <laughs> wait a second. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. But, I mean, I get he's not in a good mental state. And we're going to spend the next 30 seconds talking about Passengers. He's not in a good mental state, so he does what he does. And then she succumbs through Stockholm Syndrome, and they live their life together with no one else? No. Yeah. Uh, I'm out. I'm out on it. As much as that movie is, is well made and is pretty, ah, big issues. Also, another movie that I didn't know anything about going in, and the whole time I thought some aliens were going to show up, or some zombies, <laughs> or they were going to go through some wormhole, and some trippy stuff was going to happen, and then it turned out to be a love story. And I was like, what was the point of that movie? Anyways. All right, um, that was more than 30 seconds. I yeah, apologize. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fine. So let's go ahead and talk about spoilers in three, two, one. All right, let's do it. So the tomorrow break down time war. travel. <laughs> let's go. Ahead. Let's talk about the Einstein constant state condensate. I I don't remember. Yeah, 
I mean, Spectre was great, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> Spectral. Spectral, Spectral was great. not Spectre. Spectre you said is Spectre also great. earlier, and I was like, Spectre is a James <laughs> Bond movie. Good, you should watch it. However, I was referring to Spectral, yeah, also the Netflix good action sci-fi movie. Also good. Nothing like James Bond. Well, a character in that is there is a James Bond character in that movie. Shh, shh, shh. We're not talking about Spectral right now. That's fine. So in t- the Tomorrow War, uh, apt name for a movie. Uh, in the future, as we already said in the blurb, in 2051, we are at war with a race of aliens that we have nicknamed the White Spikes because they're white and they shoot spikes. Very descriptive. Friend of the pod, Cat, said that she thinks they look like Mewtwo's. Yes. Maybe in some sick, twisted way, she might be right. I did actually get that same impression when like, they first show up and the little tentacle tail thing starts coming around a corner. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but they have too many teeth to be a Pokemon. <laughs> well, a realistic looking Mewtwo would have a mouthful of dangerous teeth, wouldn't it? It's a giant I suppose. cat. <laughs> I suppose so. Anyways. Yes. Our main character, Dan Forrester, he's former military. He is now currently a science teacher and he's trying to get a job at this research center. It doesn't work out. Not important. Well, it is important, but not for this next part. So apparently the White Spikes attacked Russia in November of 2048. And within three years, the majority of humanity is dead. So the people from the future travel back to the past to send people from the past to the future to fight an enemy from the past. To fight an enemy. Say, fight an say enemy. that one more time. People from the future, are they, they travel back in time to the past. Right. To take people from the past to the future. Right. To fight an enemy from yes. the past. Oh, I, I don't quite agree with that last line, but I get what you're saying. <laughs> so. And that's, that's at, deep spoiler territory. <laughs> so. The world's military, you know, uh, obvious, you know, if this is true, but I mean, they just travel, uh, as far as we're aware, they traveled back in time, right? I think it's like 50% of the you, the world's military is wiped out within the first couple deployments, which I, I find that a little hard to believe, but they're able to do this through a wormhole device called the Jump Link. So that's kind of cool. A draft is instituted, and that's when our main character gets drafted. Let's go. First off, I really enjoyed their concept of time travel, which um. was... You could only go 30 years in the past or 30 years in the future. Right, right. Which I thought was the, really the neat. The two points, and they continuously move forward, so you can't just send people further back. Yeah. It's pointed out that time travel is brand new, and if it wasn't for the dire circumstances of their war with the White Spikes, they wouldn't be using it at all. It wouldn't be not, it would not be safe, at least yeah. for humans. So that was pretty interesting. I like that okay. they had that little scene where they... Talk about the time travel and just and just move it along. Because, of course, we all have questions, right? Yeah. Well, they, they literally say, in not as many words, that we have no idea how it actually works. The fact that it works is, like, just, just accept it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Dan, which is, I thought was really cool, he visits the recruiting center. They put a little thing on his arm, which I thought was kind of cool. He had a little pit boy, right? Yeah, yeah. That's the device that allows him to move forward and backward in time. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. It, it's seven days. So however many hours that is, I think they said it out loud. 168. Yeah. If the band believes that you are clinically alive, it will transport you back into the past, which I thought was pretty cool. So Dan travels. Well, first he visits his daddy. It doesn't work out. J.K. Simmons. Yeah. No, it doesn't work out. (laughs) His father, who was a Vietnam vet, who suffered from PTSD, which which has affected lots of people. It's just a little scene. And then he travels forward in time with a couple of other people. First off, his unit is deployed, I think, earlier than expected. 
and then they are deposited upon a roof and most of the people don't actually make it because they probably fall to their death. Right. There was an issue. They were supposed to come in five to 10 feet off the ground, but they came in much higher. Which, I mean, I don't necessarily think that Dan's character would have survived a fall from that height, even if he fell into a pool of water. No, but that's a common movie conceit. Yeah. Yeah. So Dive into the water. It'll protect you from the explosions and from falling. And <laughs> the water is the source of life, right? So it can't kill you. Well, water will protect you from bullets. Sure. Listeners of the show, if you are ever being chased <laughs> by someone with a gun Just and you have the means to jump into a, a large body of water. No, it's true. I saw oh. a Mythbusters episode on it. Uh, anyways don't listen to our advice if someone's chasing you with the gun yes. that you shouldn't be thinking oh. like what did the sci-fi wise guys tell me to do no i'm just saying if you're oh my in goodness an, an emergency you can dive under the water for some safety scientifically yes. proven don't argue with me okay all right so uh um, laying facts that you read about they're we're not giving yeah. advice our character dan his team gets wiped out after they get these uh Scientific research. He meets up with his daughter. Blah 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 blah. His daughter, who's now yeah, 40. his daughter, who was the commander the entire time. We didn't know who she was until yeah. he arrives at the forward base. Well, I mean, we, like in in world, you're right. You kind of knew right away. It was like, oh, this this is. I well, spoil it in the trailer. Did they? I didn't watch yeah. the trailer. Actually, I didn't know anything about this movie. I didn't uh. see anything about this movie. Well, I watched the trailer shortly before watching the movie. I might have read a little bit of the blurb as I was turning it on. Like, that's what I know. Uh, now that I've done half of the plot breakdown. Yes. We already talked about how we feel about time travel. How did you feel about the the idea of, well, first of all, so they're, why are they in, they're in Miami? Because that's where they are, right? Is that is that where the main characters are originally? No, they get jumped to Miami because, so here's a plot hole, but they get jumped to Miami because the main research facility is under attack and they need people there now. So right. they move up their jump time and push the how many ever civilians, draftees, into the future mm -hmm. early, which is why they don't arrive on a what they call Sabbath because every seven days the white spikes, I guess, rest. They Take a break, yeah. Yeah, what's the word I'm looking for? What do bears do in the woods in the hibernate? winter time? Hibernate. They hibernate for a day. Um, so they get there early. And that so that's why they're in Miami after post jump, and that's why they're actually fighting white spikes right away when it was already established they wouldn't be because they would come in on a on an off day, as it were. That's a bit of a plot hole because he leaves on an off day. <laughs> At least it's mentioned that he he will be. That second line kind of breaks the plot of the beginning, but it's easily When do they say that he's he'll be leaving on a Sabbath? When him and his daughter are they have the captured white spike. And they're doing their lab science stuff. And she goes, it's a Sabbath tomorrow. And he looks at his pit boy and it says 21 hours to go. And he goes, ah, oh, no, I'll be leaving tomorrow. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. And then I made a note, plot hole. Gotcha. Speaking of, so this is the major plot hole that I have. Okay. This is the, this is the major plot hole that I found. The people from the future that are still in the past that get stuck because the jump link is disabled have to commit suicide. Eventually, yes. So all the people from the future that are visiting haven't been born yet, right? Right. Okay. So that means I suspect that they're all in their 20s. Right. The math adds up. So when he's being deployed, they, like, they're checking his date of death or whatever, because he has to be someone who can't be in the future at the same time. Right. So, uh, no, that's just my plot hole, is that the people who stay, they never address the fact that they're going to have to kill themselves. 
or just risk a paradox and see what happens. Yeah. Who knows? Or not. I mean, like the who knows what's happened to their parents by this point. You know, are they even going to be born? That's not really a plot hole. That's just a plot point that's not addressed. Like that's something that's not going to happen for a while. I just don't think they would send their parents because they they check everyone before they send them. Yeah, maybe. I I don't know. That's a possibility. They didn't really get into that. That's not that's not a plot hole as much as it's just, like I said, a plot point that's not been. It's just a plot hole. They don't they never address a plot hole. Yeah, so that's not what a plot hole is. It's not a continuity error. It's continuity error. Ah, you're wrong. My major continuity error. No, oh, okay. This is this is the minor one. So at the end of the movie, spoilers. <laughs> yeah, spoilers. So uh, <laughs> I guess we should just go ahead and just spoil the other part of it. They managed to capture one of the females. You already mentioned it. They synthesize a toxin that they can use, but humanity is going to die because there's too many white spikes. The female calls a bunch of males to come kill everybody and free her. He gets mm-hmm. sent back. Using the power of science and research. I also was like, when they're doing the volcano part, yeah. I looked over at my wife and I was like, this is going to be about climate change. <laughs> like, I was like, this is, this is going to be about climate change. And then sure enough, it was like, let's see what the glacier would look like with current melting projections. And then they show it. Apparently, they were a ship crashed. The, an alien spaceship. Yeah, crashed in Russia. And it crashed in 946. Right, or sometime before that. That's what we believe. It was covered with a bunch of ash from a volcano, which they traced back. Blah 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 blah. So they go to Russia with a small crack team of commandos, which consists of a cancer patient, a guy suffering from PTSD, a geriatric, possibly seditionist traitor to the United States government, a marine biologist, and two people from the future. That's our crack team of experts, right? You're right. Yeah. So they find the aliens and they kill him. My plot hole is, or my continuity error, I'm sorry, is he leaves his dad and Charlie out directly outside the spaceship. Right. Directly outside, they engage in a small firefight in which Charlie channels his inner doom guy and uses a massive circular saw to kill one of these things. It's a pretty rad scene. When Dan is leaving the spaceship, Charlie and his father are nowhere to be found. Right, they've run off. Yeah, but the alien that he sawed its head in half and the giant circular saw is on the ground some ways away from where they actually had that happen. Continuity here. Sure. <laughs> sure. There's some minor ones and I'm sure we could go yeah. on IMDb and look through like, I feel oh, like this movie was edited and re-edited and they were really, I have a feeling it might have been, you know, the original script probably rated R and then it's it's redone a bit. So I don't doubt that there's that type of thing. Like I said, if yeah. you're already tuning out some of the action scenes that are unrealistic, I say tuning out. If you're already suspending disbelief for those, you're yeah. suspending disbelief for minor. This oh, character yeah. was on this side of the room. Now they're on that side of the room where his outfit's slightly different. Or I think it was it was pointed out that he's wearing an undershirt and then he takes his shirt off and there is no undershirt and that type of thing. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I'm not going to count it against it for that. I mean, it's just, I mean, it's the continuity of the movie. That's why I said I think it's a seven and change and not an eight and change. It feels like there's a slight lack of attention to detail when it comes to some of the continuity, like you're mentioning. Yeah. I mean, but that's just, it's all movies. All movies have small things like that. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Like a Starbucks cup on the table. I don't know what you're referring to. Oh, Game of Thrones. Oh, I, yeah. I don't watch that trash show. So. Did you have any predictions as to how Dan Forrester, Chris Pratt's character, was going to die? So when they scan him, they find out that he 
dies in the year, like seven years in the future. I think at that point, it's the mm-hmm. year 2030. Mm-hmm. But they don't tell him how he's going to die. But they need him to not to have been dead before the time when he's getting there. So there's not two of him running around for right. whatever reason. Did you have any predictions throughout the movie about how he was going to end up dying in the original timeline? Well, they say he dies in a car crash. They eventually tell him that he dies yeah. in a car crash. I, yeah. I assume that he, he committed some form of suicide. Okay. So it's not just me. Just because of the way that he was talking at the beginning of the movie about how he's like, my life was meant for so much more. And he gets denied this job right. at this research center. That's what I thought. I thought he was going to yeah. end up like his dad, but just dead. Worse. Yeah. I uh, thought <laughs> I thought the act of bringing him to the future and the trauma of seeing his daughter and whatnot, that he was going to end up having committed suicide and she brought him to the future in order to hopefully stop that from happening as a on top of everything else she's trying to accomplish but would actually set in course the events that would lead to his suicide i had that prediction and then less than two minutes later they said he died from a car crash so there's that uh <laughs> his daughter murray muri muri forrester mm-hmm. essentially have you finished Loki yet? Have you watched any Loki? I haven't watched any Loki. I will be binging it for next week's episode. So she essentially creates an alternate reality, right? Or an alternate timeline? This is like the Kelvin verse, right? Because Well, they did that at the beginning when the time travelers first showed up. Yeah. Did they not? Well, I mean that's, I have no idea. Maybe that's how it was supposed well, to happen, right? It's an alternate the timelines are more or less they're concurrent. They're 30 years apart, but they're concurrent. And the people who come to the past to send soldiers into the future could have easily just ramped up the military at this point in order to be prepared, you know, and thus changing the future. But we don't see the future change. All those people are dead. Which people? The people that were sent forward into time. Like, there's no one left. As I'm saying, like, all those people are dying in the future, but that impacts who's born, that impacts other events in that 30-year gap, which obviously aren't impacting the war, right? You're not seeing some soldiers disappear and be replaced by other ones as people are born that weren't born before because somebody was killed in the future eight years before they were actually going to die. So they're two completely different timelines. Like as soon as the time travel starts, it starts a whole new timeline. Right. It's very much to the Avengers approach to time travel. Well, she she breaks that timeline because her entire goal was to yep. get her dad to come to the future. And I think it's one of the, like, when he first says his name, Dan Forrester, like, people started looking at him, like, weird. They were just like, hold on a second. Our commander's name is Colonel Forrester. <gasps> so she brings him forward <laughs> yep. into, into the future so she can send him back to the past with this toxin that they've synthesized, right? So he, he is going to kill all the white spikes, right? Right. So that, that future never happens. In the past timeline, it, yeah, the, it, 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 yeah, they'll never. In the past, yeah. the future, but that never, future timeline bit, that other timeline they came from, right, right, right. If that yeah, continues, that's what I'm which I assume it does, they're all dead. Yeah, she yeah. she creates a, a new branch. It's kind of cool, but they created a new branch at the beginning, essentially, and it's just yeah. continuing to affect that branch. Yeah, very interesting. I read through the trivia on IMDb. Most of it's okay. whatever. There's really not anything worth sharing, except. This one piece of trivia that I'm going to read to you. Uh, in the original script, the soldiers from the past were secretly poisoned with a toxin which would eventually kill the aliens who consumed them. This plot twist explained why they, they didn't need any training because they were always meant to be expendable bait, uh, but, event, but that was not included in the movie. Would that plot twist have been better or worse? Well, I actually, 
right, right after hearing it's going to sound funny, but actually I thought what they were going to do was put the toxin in humans. Mm. Like so you, uh, the movie uh, Logan. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That company, they like put that chemical that stopped mutants from being born or whatever. I thought they were going to do that. So like for half a second, I was like, what are they going to do? Like drink it? And then Elizabeth was like, well, why don't they just make weapons with yeah. the toxin? And I was like, that's actually a much better idea. Yeah, yeah. That's a much better idea. But I think I would have liked that twist. That'd have been kind of cool. Like it does explain why they don't have any training. The scene when they're getting ready to go and Charlie is saying they took my pants or they took some they took some of my clothes, but this guy's wearing a chef hat behind me. Like it's like there's no standard. And I thought to myself, yeah. well, maybe if if they're arriving on a Sabbath, they can look around and go, Oh, that guy's a chef. So they send him <laughs> to the kitchen. <laughs> sure. Is that what <laughs> he was what hoping? I, well, no, that's what I thought. They they were like, you know, if you're if you're a doctor, you wear your doctor's outfit. So when you arrive, they can immediately identify you. Like Is it called a doctor's outfit? Lab Uniform? Lab? I don't know. Yeah, who knows? You go to work and you wear your work costume. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yes. Today, I'm an IT person. Level seven. <laughs> you have the white shirt with the <laughs> pocket protector and yeah. the black tie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like you're in a Apollo 13 and in Houston headquarters. So Charlie. Yes, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, the scientist. Did you ever see this guy before in anything? Yeah, he looked very, very familiar. He's been in okay. a good bit of stuff. He's in the office? Yeah, we haven't said his name yet. Oh, yes. Uh, Sam Richardson. There you go. <laughs> Who is Colin? Is he the guy that went to prison? I haven't watched The Office. Oh, I've no, tried he's so just, many times to watch The Office, and I just he's just some random. He's just some random character. Oh, he okay, plays cool. the voice of Toast in Woke. I liked that show. So a lot of TV. He has a guest star in Star Trek Lower Decks, so we've so he's showing up on our podcast for a second time. He's in Modoc. Mm-hmm. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I, apparently I don't know what that is. But yeah, yeah. He's just yeah. he's been in some stuff. He's, he's been, been in stuff. things. A oh, lot of things. he's in Werewolves Within, which is that comedy movie that has the AT and T girl in it. Okay, look, he's got sixty-two acting credits. Betty Glippin, let's go ahead and talk about the rest of the actors here, played uh, Christopher, or I keep calling Christopher, Chris Pratt's wife. She has been in a lot of stuff. She was in Glow. I don't know if you ever watched Glow on Netflix. It's about the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, Los Angeles in the 80s, I think. But she has been in many more things than that. A lot of TV, some movies, Law and Order, some stuff. Some stuff. You're kind of, yeah, winding down. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Nurse Jackie. Uh, well, uh, well, no, as soon yeah. as I said she's been in a lot of stuff, I realized that she hadn't been in a lot of stuff. She's got 38 acting credits. It's pretty good. Edwin Hodge played, what's his name, Dorian? Yes. Yes, Dorian. He has cancer. He's going to die in six months. He's on his third tour of duty. Yeah, baby. In the future. Die Hard with a Vengeance. The He's credited worst as, Die Hard. He's credited as Dexter's friend. I recognized him from Mayans MC. Mm-hmm. Plays Officer Frankie Rogan, which I He's didn't remember his name, but there it is. Purge stuff. I liked his character. I liked his. I, he was one of my favorite characters in this movie. I like Die Hard with a Vengeance only because of the cable edit they do for all the curse words. Oh, they call each other melon farmers. Are they? Do oh, they really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, oh no! That I, the next time I watch it, maybe I'll do that. <laughs> uh, and then last but certainly not least, Keith Powers as a minor role. As Major Greenwood, Miri's executive officer, uh, plays Dr. Dre's brother in Straight Outta Compton. Yeah, did we talk about J.K. Simmons? Uh, You mentioned him a little bit. J.K. Simmons is, I believe the word is 
prolific, if I remember correctly. He has been in so many things. 211 acting credits, movies, television, commercials, you name it. He's probably films only J.J. Jameson. I don't know. Was there a J.J. Jameson in the Amazing Spider-Man movies? I don't think he was in those. I think so. I think so. I don't know. Spider-Man. J. Jonah Jameson. J. Jonah Jameson. Oh, he was even the voice in the TV show. A couple of different TV shows, yes. Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Spider-Man 3. No, I guess he wasn't in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Well, that's why they failed. Interesting. That's that's the only reason? That's the, the Yes, that's reason. the one reason. Also famous for playing the voice of that, uh, Portal 2. I already forgot his name. Rock Johnson? Did you ever play Portal 2? Uh, of course I've played Portal 2. Cave Johnson. Sorry. Hmm. I'm looking through the list of acting credits on Amazing Spider-Man, and I don't see J. Jonah Jameson. So hmm. just throwing it out there that... Uh, the first thing I ever remember seeing uh, J.K. Simmons in was in a movie called The Mexican. Good movie. Which is, it stars Brad Pitt and Julia Roberts. Strange that they would call it The Mexican. But he's a character in that movie called Ted. But his, f- his first ever movie credit is Popeye Doyle, 1986. He is a patrolman in a park as uh, Jonathan Simmons. So Interesting. All right. Well, that's all of the, the <gasps> actors worth, worth talking he's the, about. He's the yellow M&M. Wait, what? Yeah. Is he, is he really the yellow M&M? From 1996 on. Wow. Danny I, DeVito is the red M&M? I didn't what? realize that the M&Ms had such high caliber voice, <laughs> voice actors. <laughs> yeah. So. Wow. Do you have an idiot of the movie? Yes. My idiot of the movie is the sec- Secretary of Defense. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Because... I believe that's his title, but he's the head of the DOD and Chris Pratt, sorry, Dan Forster comes back from the future with a vial and he's like, this will kill all of them. And then they don't do anything about it. And then he comes back to him later and he's like, they're in Russia now. They've actually been here the whole time. We could go kill them. And he just gets waved away. (laughs) So all those, then, so he goes in with the people he can and the people that can mostly die. And I am going to, I'm going to blame that guy on him. And then he takes credit for it. Yeah. So, so yes, idiot of the movie. <laughs> Just a jerk of the movie, really. I think he does win pretty much hands down. I really can't think of anyone else. Um like in terms of like things that you can blame them for. Yeah. Like any any people that did any idiot stuff, like any of the civilians, the people who got drafted or conscripted. I mean, that's I really they're way out of their element. So Yeah, I can't blame them for being idiots. Yeah. Oh yeah. And so, they immediately uh, die and most of them either completely out of their control or they die, you know, for the cause. I was actually believe so. I was pretty impressed by, you know, I mean, obviously they're actors, so it's not real. But I was pretty impressed by how they managed to, like, move them along. I think my favorite probably scene in the movie is when they they come out of the lab and they're trying to meet their their transport, which now you complained earlier about how their technology doesn't seem like it's 30 years in the future. Mm-hmm. I actually contend the reason why their technology looks like that is because that's all that they have left. Cause oh, we maybe. do see some like oh. flying rotor kind of drones. Yeah. I, I yeah. was mostly talking about like when they're in Miami and they're going down the street, all the cars are current era cars. Like nothing's progressed. Oh, sure. Yeah. There's stuff, I mean, stuff like that. Like the skyline doesn't really look de- like that isn't, I don't know. That's I get, thir- I get 30 years is not a lot. I think a l- I've complained 
about some shows and movies taking it way too far. Like, oh, it's 10 years in the future. Might as well triple the skyline. Like, no. But I feel like there should have been a little bit more growth. That's fair. That's all. Minor stuff. Very minor. Doesn't doesn't take away from the story or the action or anything. Their escort essentially gets annihilated. And from like they ran through Red Smoke. They were told literally moments before not to run through. You know, whatever. Yeah, I think they're they're running through it as they're told. I think it's pretty yeah, yeah, close. Yeah. And they're surrounded on both sides. And like it zooms in on Chris Pratt's face and he just says attack. And they they attacked in unison. I thought that was pretty cool. Like Dorian tells him at the beginning of their mission. He's like, don't try to teach these people how to get soldiers. They're just going to die. Um, yep. And I think they kind of shaped up. I thought it was pretty cool. You know. Cohen and that Lady Rose, or I think Nora was her name. They kind of yes. like held down the line. I feel like after after three years of combat, they would have found a weapon that pierces that hide. Like, seriously. I, I think that's my biggest issue with this movie, mm. is that after three years, they don't have any other way but guns. Like, nothing else works. But So they have to use, they have to be able to mass produce the weaponry in the past so they're a little limited there but you notice that the the rifles that they give them you know first of all chris pratt's not chris pratt's character with his military background is not using one of those guns that they were first introducing all the civilians to but the ones they're using there's all there's virtually no kickback yeah and i think that if you're going to be sending people in who are going to be you know very under trained i mean it makes sense to give them guns that have a lot of bullets, tell them where to aim and make it as easy as possible for them to aim, especially if you're mass producing it. I don't know. I just, in my head, if I would, if I was engaged against a heavily armed opponent or mm -hmm. a heavily armored opponent, I would eschew rate of fire for straight up destructive capability. Sure. Not possibly. Like, yeah. like even in today's world, we modern tanks fire a weapon or they, they, they fire a round called a sabo or sabot round which is mm -hmm. literally a giant metal spike encased on two sides to where it can groove into the rifling. And then it separates and just becomes a huge pointy arrow. I feel like one of those would instantly annihilate a white spike. Now it's a tank versus a very quick and mobile alien creature. Like, why can't we make, you know, you're right. No, you're right. Like a, we, we can't get the needler. We can't use a needler or a spiker. I'm just saying like, they we need they, they, spiker. Well, I mean, he used he got shot with a spike and then he stabbed it in the eye with it, right? Right. Like yeah. Yeah. it's clearly vulnerable to its own weaponry. Why wouldn't they adopt that? I don't know. It's a problem. Maybe they did, and now they just don't have the facilities to make those weapons anymore. Maybe. <laughs> to use your own point against you. <laughs> Look, I think we can pick apart individual pieces of this film very easily. Overall, is it worth the price of subscription? Yes, I agree. Well, it costs nine. It costs a hundred dollars because you have to have Amazon Prime. Do you have to so, have Prime? You can't rent it. I don't know. I've never not had Amazon Prime as far as I can remember. I pulled up a, <laughs> a private browser tab so I wouldn't be logged into Amazon without having to log out myself. And okay. no, you have to have Amazon Prime in order to watch All it. Right. There is no ability to rent. This movie costs you a hundred dollars. <laughs> it's more than that, but yeah, yeah. So, uh, but, but I think to answer the question, yes, I think it's worth the price of subscription. I do agree that it is worth the price of subscription. Right. Fun action flick. Good movie night. Head on over to your favorite podcasting platform of choice. iTunes, Pocket Casts, 
Spotify? Do you Spotify? You're a Spotify guy, I do. Right? I do my podcasts on Spotify, yes. Okay. What do you listen to your music on? Zoom? You still got Sp- that Zoom, right? Spotify. I use Spotify. <laughs> Zoom services ceased to exist some time ago, and they gave me uh, some free Spotify time, and I just <laughs> I just kept using it. Sorry. Because I moved right. all my stuff over. I really missed Zoom. <laughs> I know it's a soft spot. That's why I went for it. Sorry. I'm still upset about <laughs> it. I think I just... <laughs> re-up for another year when they announced it was going to be canceled so like yeah well you do cannot listen to us on zoom i'm sorry guys <laughs> actually you can what? you could because they think the zoom app now the groove app still exists so you could back us on patreon i know you can download the audio from patreon mm. and then load it into your zoom and then listen to go. us on zoom so if you really wanted to listen to us on zoom you could it's just several extra steps <laughs> and a dollar a month on Patreon. <laughs> and you get episodes early. So you have plenty of time to yeah. load them on your Zoom before the normal yeah. release time. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Now we're cooking. <laughs> Back us on Patreon so that you can listen to us on Zoom. <laughs> I've never heard a better argument. <laughs> mm. Well, I- while you're on your podcasting platform of choice, feel free to subscribe to the feed. If this is your first time listening, we appreciate it. Subscribe. Leave a review on iTunes or your Apple Pocket, uh, Apple Podcasts app. Or I, I, I can't find any reviews on Spotify. I don't know if they exist. But if you do review the show, I will read your review on the air unless you say something really mean like NSFW. Then I will not then read it on I'll the air. I'll read it on the air. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> then we'll find you. No, we won't do that. <laughs> Yeah, we're also on, of course, all of the popular social media sites that the kids are on nowadays. We're at Sci-Fi Wise Guys on Instagram and Twitter. We have a Facebook group, the Sci-Fi Wise Guys podcast group. So if you you want to reach out to us in any way, you can reach out to us through those uh, through your favorite social media platform. If you aren't on social media, and I don't blame you, you can also email us. Uh, our email address is SciFiWiseGuys at gmail.com. Uh, because we're not paying for our own domain. Well, we are. Well, we, we just, are, but we haven't we done anything with it. So we're just, which leads me to my next point. Uh, if you really like the show, you've shared it with your friends, you've shared it with a few of your enemies, and uh, you want to go the extra mile, I already mentioned we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash sci-fi wise guys. A dollar a month gets you some behind the scenes content, extended scenes as they come up. Um, and of course, the episodes early and help mitigate the cost of us owning our own domain and not using it for anything. And we really appreciate it. Just remember, stay healthy, stay hydrated. And if you get drafted into a future war, hide like Charlie. Thanks, guys. Bye. blaze through that that plot we i think we spent like 45 40 to 45 minutes talking about the movie first so we spent a long time talking about the movie probably a little too long honestly that's fine that's what the that's what the listeners want yeah sure i have no Uh, idea what they want they won't tell me